It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Now, a show for anyone who is or has a boss. This is The Boss Show with Jim Hessler and Steve Matenko. I'm Jim Hessler. I'm the business guy. I'm the founder of Path Forward Leadership Development. Today on The Boss Show, we're going to continue our exploration of a, a, a plank 11 of our leadership platform. It's called Develop a Process View, and before you turn off the radio, <laughs> this is a lot more interesting than it might sound. So, and it's partly your job, partner, to help make it interesting. Oh, I have to stay awake? you got to tell me I'm full of crap and uh, keep the conversation going. I love doing that. Thanks for the invitation. (laughs) Steve Matenko, I'm the psychology guy. I'm an executive coach and leadership development specialist here in the Seattle area where we record the show in the shadow of the Space Needle. I like saying that. I like looking up at it outside of the window. And you are listening to the show for anyone who is or has a boss. So... In our uh, book, Land on Your Feet, Not on Your Face, we have a a model for leadership uh, called the uh, Leadership Platform. There are 12 planks. This is plank 11, and this is the second show we've done on plank 11. We've done two shows on each of the planks, and we're now getting to the end of that journey. We'll be doing plank 12 in a couple weeks. And so if you really want to get a flavor for our book, and to some degree, our leadership program, uh, these uh, po- this series of podcasts that we've been doing is a, is a good way to, to kind of see, see more about the leadership platform and hopefully make you anxious to learn more. So, um, Steve, last time we started off the show by talking about making macaroni and cheese and how uh, that's a result of a process, that uh, there's a system. You have to have the ingredients and you have to... Um, know how long it takes and you have to know how much it costs to make macaroni and cheese and you have to follow a recipe and when we talk about that we immediately get into a, a, a really fundamental series of questions about the role that process plays in business because if all I did was if you were my employee and I was running a restaurant and our specialty was macaroni and cheese and all I ever did was say here's the recipe I want you to pump out 400 servings of macaroni and cheese. I want every single one of them to look exactly the same and don't ever deviate from the recipe. Um, You know, that probably, for most people, wouldn't be a satisfying work experience. flying out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we did, I can't remember if it came up in the break or whether we actually talked about it on the show last time, but there is a style question here, and there are certainly people who do enjoy working in a very regimented and repetitive where it gives them comfort. It, it gives them the guardrails that they feel very comfortable operating in. So um, we, we have to understand that people's ability to adapt to a kind of a prescribed way of doing things can be a, certainly a result of their style. And Mr. Psychology Guy, you know, you, you probably more aware of that than I am but uh, even even I think very creative employees very employees that are knowledge workers have to work within some uh, type of process another analogy for process uh, would be sports um, if you're a coach of a football team you have every workout and every practice prescribed to the minute this is how many times we're going to run this play and this is this drill that we're going to do and then we're going to separate the offensive lineman from the defensive lineman and you you have this very kind of regimented and and a a good football practice is very regimented and the each play itself is a process yeah now here's what's interesting now we ask those players with all these so what we're teaching them is 
blocking and tackling techniques. We're teaching them the plays. We're teaching them all this very prescriptive stuff. And then we turn on the clock, we kick off the football, and everything And reality intervenes. And reality intervenes. But the good coaches recognize that in that, um, in that chaotic environment, the fact is that they, the, the players always have to have that basis of technique. Um, and they always have to know, they have to have a muscle memory. I guess would be a good word for it on, on how to block and tackle and how to, uh, you know, knock down a pass or how to catch a pass. So here we have another example of this great fusion between structure, discipline, process on one hand and the ability then to riff on that, on that improvise, structure, improvise create. on that structure. But if you don't have the basics, if you don't have the, the basic training, you don't know what you're improvising off of. So, um, Steve, you know, we got into maybe some of the more esoteric uh, components of this conversation last time. Let's talk, you know, maybe more practically about what a, an employee uh, and their leader w- would experience in a process-rich environment versus one that's not uh, so well structured. So one of the things that we are inclined to do as, as human beings, and anybody that's studied the work of Edwards Deming and, and, and some of these uh, uh, quality improvement things, knows that our, our natural tendency when things aren't going right is, is to do what? Uh, improvise. Blame somebody. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I didn't tee you up well for that. But So... so the the worst question I, I I said in in our last uh, show that I was going to tell you what's the worst question that a, a an evolved process leader should never ask and that is who screwed up. It, 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 it so it's this witch hunt where we go look for a perpetrator when something doesn't go well but works I, against pro- good process. Yeah, I guess my only argument would be with a never. Sometimes you do have to find out who screwed up. It's not your first question, though. No, but that's a different, yeah. Yeah. You said never ask. So I'm just being literal. Let's put it this way. <laughs> My wife way. calls me Mr. Literal. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why everybody loves you so much. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you don't have any friends. <laughs> I have a few friends to so, be literal. So if something's not working in your business... I argue that it's the natural tendency of most business people to 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 say, you know, this is a people problem. I don't people aren't motivated. They're not. They don't care. They lack a sense of urgency. All these kind of labels we throw. Lazy. At people. Yeah, they're lazy. Um, uh, they, they 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 lack common sense. That's something that came up with a group we presented to recently, and the fact is that. The, the really the first question, um, the first thing a leader should do is hold the process accountable before they hold the individual accountable. And that takes some mental discipline to do that. So, so if we had, um, if we had, uh, if we're manufacturing parts and we manufactured parts and we're supposed to get all 99 out of 100 are supposed to be perfect. And we look at um, 92 of those being perfect and, and eight having to go to scrap, that's a significant um, failure. And what we're going to tend to do, what we're going to tend to do is we're going to tend to say, well, um, who's the one that made those eight 
errors. Who's the one that produced those, or the, the individual or individuals that produce those bad parts? Instead, what we should be saying is, how did we create a system in which we produced eight bad parts out of 100? At what, what, let's go to back to the beginning. Let's go back to the very basics. Do we have the right materials? Um, are we asking people, do, are we giving people enough time to do the work? Do they have the right equipment? Do they have the right training? Um, is there, right, uh, is there a, a, an appropriate way to inspect or, 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 or catch the problems earlier in the manufacturing sequence? These, this is just a whole series of questions that we should ask before we go to, to Bob on the uh, assembly line and say, Bob, you made eight bad parts. What the heck is wrong with you? And yet this sort of uh, kind of accusatory behavior happens in business all the time. And it's incredibly degrading and demotivating to have a boss who comes and asks that question first rather than says, let's explore the way this part was made. Mm -hmm. And let's explore the extent to which we set people up for success before we set people down to start making them. Bingo. So not only do you hold the process accountable before you hold the person accountable, you hold yourself accountable as the designer and implementer and manager of that system to make sure that you've positioned people for success. So one thing we say in the book is if we if you start with a process rich environment, then you can take people of um, you know the same level of skill that your competitor doesn't have that process rich environment for, and they're going to be more successful, and that's going to be a huge competitive edge for your organization. Yeah, and I think we should explore that more because really you know we are talking here about maximizing human potential in a way that might create a competitive advantage for your company. And, and boy, isn't that important. So when an employee comes to work in the morning um, and they, 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 work, they walk up to their desk or their machine or the, the uh, bar or, you know, the, the flat top in the, in the diner, um, they want to be successful. They want to have a good day. They want to have things go well. Yeah, if you don't have that fundamental um, attitude toward your employees, then one of two things is going on. Either you get the wrong people working for you, or you've got a very dark view of human nature, and, yeah. and, and I suggest you've got work to do to become an effective leader. Yeah, right. <laughs> but interestingly, a lot of managers question that fundamental thing about yep. human beings. And I, I like to think that you can't be successful as a leader unless you believe in the fundamental positive intentions of people. I, I think that, you know, you have to believe that the vast majority of all human beings come to work and want to produce something good and worthwhile and feel good about it at the end of the day. If they come into a business that's sloppy, if they come into a business where they're not properly trained to do their job, when they're in, into doing a job where they don't have the right tools to do their job, uh, when they're given conflicting uh, instructions from different people. So, you know, back to our, our macaroni and cheese example. You're, you're in the kitchen making macaroni and cheese, and it, the whole thing started with your boss just saying, go make some macaroni and cheese. Just do your best. If you really cared, if, you, if, you, were really, if you were really motivated, you know, you could do it. And then when you don't do it, they're like, you know, what the heck's wrong with you? And it's, I know that sounds like almost a cartoonish view, but I can tell you this happens in business all the time. Mm -hmm. And it, it, imagine working for a boss who asks you to do something 
and doesn't give you a fighting chance to the get right it done. resources, the right training, yeah. um, the right uh, support guidance. Yeah. And then the person gets a loss instead of a win. Then then they produce something that that doesn't taste good or doesn't work, and their confidence is it declines. And next thing next thing you know, they're just covering their butts and they're trying to avoid making mistakes instead of trying to do something uh, worthwhile. So the 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 process view developing a process view and developing a strong process environment in your organization is a partnership between management and and employees in fact it raises the challenge of management up to where all employees are are asked to be managers if you really think about process work if it's done correctly you're asking everybody to join you almost as an equal, maybe not exactly as an equal, but pretty close to as an equal to say, to ask that question, how, how do we get the work done here? What's the best way to do the work? And guess who the best person to ask is is in this environment? All right, let me guess. The person who's actually doing the, the work? The person that actually does as the work. Po- as opposed to the person who's uh, three levels above yeah. and in charge of writing process yeah. guidelines. So, I, I, you know, I ran into this. I was a sales manager at one point in my career. And, you know, I, like we have a big sales meeting and, hey, we've got this new product, product X, and I want you to go out and sell it. And I, here's how you sell it. And here's the features, advantages, and benefits. And here's all the stuff you say. And here's, you know, and, and you give them a set of instructions. I could not understand how we were or weren't being successful with that product until I went out with my salespeople and watched them sell it. I hope there aren't any car dealers uh, advertising on our show because I want I want to put in a little pitch for Toyota. Hmm. Um, I own Toyotas. I've owned Toyotas for a long time. I own a Toyota they're, as well. They're bulletproof. They're the most amazingly reliable cars. I I. I bought a 2001 Prius and sold it several years ago and it had almost 200,000 miles in it and I had never taken it into the shop for an unplanned repair. Mm. Yeah, we just finished um, 6,000 miles worth of road trip yeah. in the last month and a half uh, in our in our Prius and uh, uh, nary an issue. Yeah. So when you go in when you go into a Toyota factory Here's what you're going to see. You're going to see managers. First of all, you're going to see managers who are very hands-on. They're going to know what's going on on the floor. Don't confuse that with micromanagement because they're there with curiosity. They're there to observe. They're not necessarily there to correct or course correct. They're there to learn. This is pr- this is stressed in Toyota in an enormous way. Okay, so uh, you know, micromanagement did occur to me in the context of this show, in the context mm-hmm. of this idea of of um, being very process rich, to put it in a very positive way, um, anal, to put it in a very mm-hmm. in a less positive way. Doesn't it give managers? Doesn't a focus on process give managers who maybe aren't as evolved as they should be an opportunity to micromanage because um, you get a checklist mentality. Yeah, not at, not at Toyota, at least as insofar as it's done the way they want it to be done. The fact is that the manager approaches the frontline employee with a tremendous amount of respect. Yes, is the employee um, given an instruction, a process instruction, to weld the the frame a certain way or to bolt the brake shoes or whatever. I don't know anything about cars, you can tell, right? <laughs> but, you know, are they given a very specific set of instructions? 
to, on how to do that, yes. Are they are they measuring whether or not it's done consistently? You yes. better believe they are. So they're going to have a lot of data that says Steve doesn't know how to install a windshield properly. We better go Which back and true. fix that, right? But as a manager, I'm going to know that almost immediately, and I'm going to go address that on the floor. But I'm not going to do it in an accusatory way, and I'm not going to take you off the line. I'm not going to shame you in front of your friends. I'm going to say, let's talk about how you're putting the windshields on. Let's revisit the process and see what's going wrong. And, by the way, maybe it's the process that needs to be changed. This is very much how how Toyota trains their managers. You're not there. You're there there for inquiry. And we talk about how many other ways this shows up in leadership in a positive way. Steve, you and I are constantly talking about the need for managers to be curious and to be open and to listen to people and to see things through other people's eyes. And this process work is exactly that if it's done properly. It's seeing the work through the eyes of the person that's doing it and asking that person to be your partner in, in continuously improving. Right. And it's, I mean, quite literally seeing through the eyes of the people who are doing the work because these people are uh, are are required to give mm-hmm. input into um, how we're doing what we're doing and how we could do it better. Toyota has something called an Ono Circle, and it's part of their management training program. And that is a, a process where they draw a circle on the f- shop floor, and they have their managers stand in that circle, f- I don't know for how long, I think it's an hour, maybe half hour, I can't remember the time frame, somebody listening probably knows. And they're just simply from that circle asked to observe as much as they can about the processes that are being used on the shop floor around them. And they're being asked to identify ways to improve quality or speed or efficiency through small things, right? Like, does the does the does the guy operating the the press need to turn his head or step two steps in a certain direction to read the pressure valve on the on the machine, or can he see the valve from where he's standing, right? So, and again, this sounds very micromanagey, and it sounds like okay, we're we are. Uh, over scripting and, uh, and and over controlling what people are doing, but it's much more than that. We're looking for the best way to do things. And I want to use these last few minutes to, I think, challenge a lot of people at a very fundamental level about a, a belief that's out there. And that belief is that the success of a business uh, rests on the superhuman, heroic, um, self-denying uh, uh, efforts of their employees. That that really what, what makes our company successful is that we work harder than the other guy, we care more than the other guy, and uh, gosh darn it, nobody's going to outdo us when it comes to effort and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I love you know I love employees who bring that to the workplace. <laughs> Passion is not a bad thing. Hard work yeah, is not a bad so, thing. So here's here's where I kind of separated from that worldview a little bit. Is I worked with a guy one time that was it, it was a really good football player and he was an all-American, small college all-American. And he kind of had what we we call this fourth and goal idea, which is it, it, if you don't know American football, it's the idea that you have a one one play one yard away from the end zone and it's the last play of the game and you got to get the ball into the end zone or you're going to lose the game it's everything comes down to that one play and he kept preaching this idea that if you just wanted it more than the guy other guy 
that you'd win. That, that, that it was all effort. And the fact is that you, you know, it, it, it was all your will to, to overcome and defeat the guy across from you in the line. And But if you had a really good play. <laughs> well, that's part of it, right? So how well designed was the play? Yeah. But he, I think even more importantly, if that guy, is, if you weigh 165 pounds mm-hmm. and the guy across the line from you weighs 300 pounds, he can put in about a third effort uh-huh. and he'll toss you aside like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. And, and so... It, it doesn't. It, sometimes it doesn't matter how much you want something. Sometimes it doesn't matter how hard people try. Sometimes it doesn't matter how heroic. In fact, their heroism can lead them and the organization down a very dark path, which is we're failing because we don't care enough. And a lot of employees hear that message, and it's just so destructive. If we all just cared more, if you cared as much as I care, I've even heard, you've heard that one, right? If everybody cared as much about this business as I do. And in fact, that's a, first of all, it's a horrible message. Second of all, it, it, it just re- reduces business down to this kind of stupid bestial thing where we, we just try really, really hard and we just force the issue. And the fact that it's a really good business is a combination of really strong will and effort and intention combined with an elegant structure, something that works from a structural perspective. This is the same, again, I'll use a music analogy. You go to to a concert, you go to hear a symphony orchestra. Those people really want to produce a great concert, but it's everything leading up to the concert that determines whether that's going to be a successful concert. There's a certain element of in the moment, how motivated are they, how much do they love the music, how much are they following the, the conductor. But I'd say 95% of the success of that concert occurred in the preparation and the training and the and the tens and twenties, thousands of hours of practice that these people did, how well they had understood and studied the music and how well they had rehearsed. And then that's what shows up in the concert hall, not just their will to produce great music. So desire may get you there, may get you to the goal line and to the concert hall, but it doesn't set you up necessarily it, for success. It doesn't sustain. You are listening to the end of a two-parter on developing a process view. This is what we call Plank 11 of our 12-plank leadership platform. And this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where it all comes together in leadership um, to to create effectiveness, to create success however you want to define success um, you, it, in order to be to have a high accountability organization where you're you're successfully pursuing and achieving your mission you've got to have processes that support that and this is something that is underplayed I think downplayed too much in management and leadership the uh, the marriage of spirit intention and determination with a positive structure the Boss Show is produced by Path Forward Leadership, and our sound engineer is Kevin Dodrell. If you missed any of the show, you can get all of it in its entirety online at thebossshow.com, as well as uh, the typical uh, podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening. Hey, and don't forget, rule, rule number, number six. six.